Quantlayer is a software consultancy based in Brooklyn, New York. All opinions expressed by podcast guests are solely their own opinions and do not reflect the opinions of Quantlayer. The information presented should not be construed as investment advice. Guests may maintain positions in assets mentioned in the podcast. Vikram from Quantlayer, and thanks for listening to our 31st podcast. Zach McClure joins us from Token Tax. I was really excited to talk to Zach because it's great to learn about the kinds of professional SaaS tools that crypto entrepreneurs are building. This was a fun conversation. Zach has had an eclectic career prior to crypto. He's been an investment banker, taught financial literacy to high school students, and worked on social investing platforms. He's been heavily invested in getting people to understand finance and investing giving them the knowledge to own their own path towards financial freedom. Token Tax is an extension of this by helping people, funds, and other institutions easily manage their crypto taxes. We go over how the US and UK treat crypto taxes, wash sales, and a whole bunch of other tax-specific topics. With tax season looming around the corner, you will definitely want to listen to this one. If you like our podcast, please rate and review us on iTunes. It will help us out a lot. Enjoy. So Zach would love to hear about your background. I know you have a pretty strong like accounting and finance background. Um, used to work at UBS in wealth management. Is that right? Yeah, I I've had a pretty eclectic career actually. So that that UBS experience, private wealth management, was back in college as an intern. I got degrees in accounting and finance, and then worked at UBS, and then went to J.P. Morgan and did investment banking. And while I was there. I basically got involved with a program called Operation Hope, where we were going to teach financial literacy to inner city high school students for just a couple hours a week. And you teach about credit cards and opening checking accounts and compounding interest and basically just personal finance skills we should all have. And I love doing it. And I basically said, hey, if I'm going to take a break from the corporate world, now's the perfect time to do it. So I applied to Teach for America and got in and went and taught math for the next few years. But in the summers, I kept working in finance with connections I had made at JP Morgan at nonprofits over in Africa, helping them become social enterprises, self-funding. One of them was World Bicycle Relief. Sort of basically, they donated bicycles and we helped them build businesses that they owned 90% of that sold the same bicycles to basically turn it into a self-funding social enterprise as opposed to just being dependent on donors. But yeah, I did a lot of accounting, international structure work and financial projections, and then got into the impact investing space, which is where I first learned about crypto. But you know, working and living over in Zimbabwe and seeing, oh, everyone just walks around with tattered old dollar bills because their currency is so useless and so yeah. worthless. I really saw a use case early on. That's actually really interesting, if you don't mind me just hopping in. Please. So I guess a lot of us living here in the West, you know, our first uh, introduction to crypto was you know, maybe through like Slashdot article or through some kind of like technical publication back in the early days. And then more recently, you just hear about it through your friends and finance and stuff. So that's really interesting. You actually heard it while you were, you know, working in a, in a totally different industry. How did that happen? Yeah. So I was working at a, a fund called Imprint Capital, which is basically kind of like venture capital stage investments in the social enterprise space. So sort of businesses that not only make money, but also do well. So kind of a double hurdle. And then 
Ripple and certain cryptocurrency projects started coming across their desk, you know, back in, and that was in 2013. Yep. And then from there, I basically just got really excited for one, yeah, the use cases in places like Zimbabwe where I had lived, but also the disruptive potential for, for bank transfers, for insurance companies, you know, all these products that are arguably a bit predatory, especially, you know, sending remittances home. Why are the fees 20% on that or 30% on that? So I got really excited for the use cases. And then as someone with a finance and accounting background and not a software background like you guys, engineering background, it was a little bit hard to find space in the industry where I felt like I could really add value Mm -hmm. until 2017 when prices started skyrocketing and there was a lot more crypto to crypto trading, which people didn't realize was triggering large capital gains, especially short-term capital gains. And so, you know, the accounting method became extremely critical because long story short, FIFO accounting first in, first out versus, you know, tracking your tax lots or LIFO had dramatically different tax liabilities. And a lot of people were actually doing LIFO, but the exchanges didn't give them a way to do that. So, you know, friends in the space who were investing asked me for help, like, hey, can you help manage my taxes and and help me harvest losses in stocks or in property? And, you know, kind of, it was really exciting. But part of the reason I didn't go into tax in the first place is a lot of it is a very fascinating puzzle, but you're really helping wealthy corporations or really wealthy individuals like people I worked with at UBS keep a little bit more of their money. And so I met Alex, my co-founder, who was building a platform to do this automatically and I was like, wow, we could democratize access to this knowledge about specific shares accounting, about tax loss harvesting, these things that hedge funds and really wealthy people hire someone to do every year. We could teach people how to do it for $20, $200 and, and really democratize access to this extremely like pays for itself many times over knowledge and skill set. And that's kind of, you know, my background and interests are personal finance, social enterprise. So, you know, that's kind of the foundation of token tax and how we've built our team too looking for like-minded people. Yeah. Um, one thing I've liked that you've talked about in the past and along these lines is kind of just empowering people to own their own you know, financial health. And one thing I actually like about this space a lot is that, that more people are interested in finance. More people are interested in like the, it, within the crypto space, people are interested in like the intricacies of how taxes work, which typically like most people aren't. And, you know, I think that's pretty awesome. I think that's going to help a lot with just getting people more and more knowledgeable about understanding basic finances. So taxes are a great way to start with that. Yeah, it's a great gateway. And once people realize, wow, this knowledge pays for itself so many times over every year, the more you understand about taxes, the the smarter you can be about how you do it, whether you do it with TurboTax or hire a CPA or hire us or whatever. Um, it's just such an important skill. And you see what the government shut down and so many people in this country saying, oh, I got to sell my bike and I got to sell my snowboard. I got to, I don't know how I'm going to pay my bills in two weeks after missing one paycheck. And you realize half of the country has no savings. And it's, it's a tragedy really that we don't teach these personal finance skills in schools to everyone. So I love being able to sort of have crypto taxes be a gateway to financial health about, hey, you never invested in stocks before, but now let's talk about how you can do it in a retirement account. Let's talk about the free lunch of of taking out money pre-tax on retirement. And here's responsible ways to invest in stocks as opposed to, you know, going and getting a wealth manager who charges you 2% load fee. Mm -hmm. Hey, you can buy the same ETF for 0.08%. 
And, you know, it's just been amazing to, to gain that trust from our customers and then become kind of a, an unofficial advisor of, you know, for them to bounce ideas off and just sort of share things they can do. Or here's another example. A lot of people owed a ton of money in taxes for 2017 gains. And then the price of crypto had dropped so much that their portfolio wasn't even worth enough to pay their taxes, especially if they didn't want to liquidate and then trigger more gains or whatever. So people were, you know, a company like BlockFi launched to give crypto loans, which is one option. But before they had launched, there was something you could do like open a 12 month, no interest credit card or 15 month, no interest credit card. And as long as you do it responsibly, you could actually use that to pay your taxes and get an interest free loan. You just need to make sure to pay it off in the end. But just teaching people these little tricks and I guess you could say financial literacy life hacks yep. was was pretty great. And based on your background, because you were doing something very similar even prior to crypto, what got someone to understand? Like what was like the aha moment or how do you get people to be interested in this stuff? Hmm, that's a great question. I think, you know, over three years of being a math teacher I, and getting a master's in education, you learn a lot of different uh, people have totally different learning strategies and different things work with different people. So it's kind of, uh, it's not a one size fits all. But one thing that I think has been the most prevalent way to sort of get people to open their mind to this idea is, hey, we're putting money back in your pocket. Yep. You know, for example, so many people didn't want to think about crypto because especially in 2018, they lost money. So what did we do in November and December? We started telling people, hey, even if you lost money in crypto, get part of that back from the IRS because you can offset your ordinary income, whatever your job is, doctor, you know, lawyer, Uber driver, whatever it is, you can offset some of that income with capital losses on your crypto losses. You just have to realize it. You have to sell the crypto and just teaching people about that. And it's like, hey, spend 20 minutes on a webinar with us and get $1,000 back in your pocket. You basically just make personal finance or even when I was a math teacher, you make it about money and then people care about it. And so you kind of just have to change the narrative and change the conversation. Hey, this isn't something boring like an equation and solve for X. No, like math is about yep. money, about percentages. About So I guess that's pretty intuitive, make it about money and people care. But it's just fascinating to me that how few people really want to dive into tax. And you know, sometimes you wonder, why is it so Byzantine? Why is it so complex? And we just did a whole tax reform. They could have simplified it. But... I don't know. There's a lot of lobbyists in, in DC and things that, that I don't know as much about. But you look at a country like the UK, they have their deadline today, actually. And I think something like 10 or 15% of the population there have to file tax returns. The vast majority of people have never filed a tax return because their company does it for them. And if you have capital gains, you only have to report those if it's over 12,000 pounds per year. You know, So most people who invested in crypto would have been totally fine. Whereas in the US... If you bought crypto and used a little bit of it to buy coffee, the IRS says that needs to be reported to us. And that's so complicated pretty much that you need to get an accountant to help you do that properly. It's crazy. Right. A lot of accountants, I imagine, aren't necessarily, maybe now it's a bit better, but back in, say, 2017, end of 2017, early 18, there weren't that many accountants who were like specialized in crypto either. Oh, absolutely. There are so few. And even, you know, even the accountants who held themselves out there as crypto tax accountants, there hasn't been any guidance from the IRS other than in 2014 when they said, Hey, cryptocurrency is not a currency like euros, as in there's no de minimis exclusion under which you don't have to report gains. Like any transaction where you spend or sell crypto or dispose of crypto has to be reported. That's the only guidance they really right. gave. 
And that was in 2014. So basically, people are just using common sense and what they know about investing in stocks, investing in property. That's how the whole like kind situation became a big debate. And it's very interesting. And then there weren't really software tools that allowed people to track tax lots that well. So a lot of accountants are just, oh, yeah, we just use FIFO for everything. And you know, specific shares accounting is allowed for stocks. That's how most savvy investors, when they have a brokerage account, they go and they say, oh, I have Google shares. I've bought them. I've been reinvesting dividends for five years and I have a hundred different tax lots. When I go to sell some of the Google shares, I pick the tax lots I want to sell. And I'm going to sell the ones that are long-term gains and that minimize taxes, like the ones I paid the most for, not necessarily FIFO. And so there was a lot of oversimplifying that cost people a ton of money. And a lot of the tax tools that existed out there They were created by really well-intentioned software engineers who just wanted to build a useful tool, but they didn't understand all the tax rules. So they're, you know, they're using different prices for the same trade, which basically means when the IRS looks more closely, it's not going to fly. And so people, you know, so many people who filed in 2014, 2015, 2016, just trying to do the right thing, probably need to amend to make their returns accurate, which, you know, seeing that, that's what inspired Alex and I to launch Token Tax and just try to be a useful product in the community. Yeah, that's awesome. So I guess maybe this is a good time to just step back and just kind of talk about crypto tax fundamentals. So like you said, there's been a ton of confusion on how to treat taxes. You know, there, there was a the whole like kind stuff, which you mentioned, where I guess it was a, people were kind of arguing that maybe it's analogous to buying property where you can kind of like buy one property, flip it into another and not have to pay taxes until the final sale. Is that right? Is that kind of how that 1031 exchange works? Yeah. Okay. 1031. I mean, generally, a like-kind exchange, for the most part, it was used by people who own a home. Let's say you own your home, you've owned it for a while, you have a lot of appreciation. And if you sold it, you'd have to pay capital gains tax because you're above the, the exclusion. And so they had a rule where, hey, if you roll it into a new house within 180 days, you don't have to pay any gains on it. And it's a like kind exchange. You're exchanging one type of property for another type of property. And, you know, a lot of accountants over the years have used this for different attempts at doing like kind exchange. But then the IRS clarified, Hey, generally this applies to real property and they clarified the rules. And so now people are saying, Oh, well, you can't use it for 2018. But what we were always telling people in 2017 is like, Hey, you can try to do this, but it's really not, it's not clear that this is going to be allowed. And certainly, notify the IRS that you're not sure you think like kind might be acceptable. But, you know, we just wanted people to be cautious and we want to just inform people of the rules in general, as opposed to, you know, a lot of times you see people, oh, and we worried about this for our image with, hey, tracking your tax lots and keeping track of all of the crypto you've invested in in real time and deciding, oh, I'm going to sell those two Bitcoin because I've tracked the cost basis. That's a different way to manage taxes than doing like kind exchange. And we basically just want to inform people about the rules. And same with wash sales is a very similar situation where a lot of people are on Twitter, crypto Twitter saying, oh, you can sell your crypto and immediately buy it back. And you can sell, harvest your loss and buy it back. And to me, it's kind of like, let's always just use common sense and see if it passes the smell test. And does that seem reasonable that, that that would work? Or should you just consider that maybe wash sale rules will apply and you will need to wait 30 days before buying back that crypto. And let's just use common sense in the absence of guidance. And so that's kind of the position we've taken as far as educating people of their options. And we're an informational tool. And like-kind exchange is a perfect example. The best people 
for using that or the people that made so much money in 2017, let's say they invested 10,000, turned it into a million dollars, traded a lot, never took any money out. So they owed half a million dollars in taxes and they bought a bunch of altcoins at the end of December or whatever. Those dropped 90%. And now their crypto stack is worth 100K, but they owe the IRS 500K. So for those people, they're essentially bankrupt anyway if a like kind is is yep. denied, like kind treatment. And so it's sort of like understand your risk tolerance as opposed to, hey, here's a chance to lower your taxes. You know, it's a black box. And we're we're totally against that type of of marketing and behavior. Yeah. So as far as wash sales go, you mentioned this is a pretty important topic. So why don't we just set the record straight? So like what is a wash sale and and going back to traditional investing and stocks, like how do wash sales work? Absolutely. Yeah. Sorry, I'm skipping so many steps here. I'm just uh, deep in the weeds on crypto no, tax. <laughs> so a wash sale. So what a lot of hedge funds and you know UBS, private wealth management, what those advisors do for their clients every November, December is take a look at their stock portfolios, all the stocks they've bought over the past year and say, all right, our capital gains so far are 500,000. So let's take a look at the positions we have unrealized losses in. As in, if we bought Tesla stock and now it's gone down, we could sell that stock, realize a loss, as in harvest the loss. That's what people are saying. But they have rules around you can't buy that stock back for 30 days. So a lot of people, a lot of advisors, they sell these in December and buy them back in January, which is why you see predictable trends where very popular stocks that went down in 2018, for example, at the end of the year, they continue to go down as people harvest losses. And then they bounce back in January as people decide, hey, I actually did want to keep that position, but I had to wait 30 days to buy it back. And so for crypto, we we sort of preach a similar mindset. Like, hey, better safe than sorry. If you want to keep your position in whatever altcoin, let's say you own ZRX and you've lost money on it, but you still like the project, you could sell it, harvest your loss, totally illegal, realize your loss, and you could keep your money in dollars. But a lot of people say, oh, well, I don't, what if it bounces back in the next 30 days? And so one thing we talk about is correlated assets. You could actually sell your ZRX, buy, let's say, Ethereum, which is pretty correlated to most altcoins, keep that for 30 days, and then sell your Ethereum for ZRX after the period. Like that's a much, in my opinion, a much more, that's what I would do for my own portfolio. It's a much more sensible thing to do than let me sell and immediately buy it back two minutes later, where that just kind of, you know, I don't know what the IRS yep. is going to say. I don't, I can't see it. But to me, we just try to preach common sense in the absence of guidance. And you know, anyone at the IRS listening, we're we're all writing open letters and desperate for more guidance here because everyone wants to do the right. You know, we all want to do the right thing in the space and report everything properly. But sometimes it's hard to write the rules and follow them at yep. the same time. And just a, a question there. So the ZRX Ethereum example, does it matter what asset you buy? Like, could you sell your ZRX, buy Bitcoin? I mean, those are, they're very different, right? Uh, but say ZRX and like a competitor to ZRX, like some other token that kind of does what ZRX does. Yeah. Would that be fair game as well? Because like, say you want to maintain exposure in this space. It's, it's kind of like selling NVIDIA and buying AMD. Totally. Perfect example in comparison. And yeah, so there's actually a lot of precedent law about this. Like what is similarly identical is the technical term they use. So, you know, what a lot of people have debated in the stock world is like, hey, I have I have the SPY, which is an exchange traded fund, an ETF of the S&P 500. It's kind of like you buy one share of SPY and you own a small proportional slice of every company in the S&P 500. So if I sell that, 
and buy another ETF from, let's say, right. Vanguard, their <laughs> yep. equivalent of it. Is that different enough to qualify? So a lot of people do that. Or there's, you know, Vanguard has a financials, big financial company ETF, and so does Spider or whatever. And so these things are are kind of a gray area. But what I would say is just use common sense again. It's like if you're gonna sell, I think if you sell one crypto and buy another, that's gonna be different enough, okay. in my opinion. But I think if you sell the SPY and buy VOO or whatever, and they're both S and P 500 ETFs. I don't know if that's different enough. To me, that's quote unquote substantially identical. But I think with crypto, yeah, you you could sell Ripple and buy Lumen or whatever project. As long as it's different, I think you know common sense indicates that would be pretty safe. Gotcha. And on the tax loss harvesting side, I guess step first stepping back a little bit, just a general kind of principles around crypto taxes, like they're nothing special, right? Like, uh, I guess we can talk really high level about how you recommend crypto taxes to be treated as far as like gains go and losses go. Um, we'd love to hear more about that. Yeah, totally. So, you know, taking a full step back to the beginning. So crypto in general, you have trading, buying and selling crypto or buying it and spending it. Those are both subject to capital gains income tax. So if you bought Bitcoin and sold it later or, or bought Bitcoin and sent it to Binance and traded it for other crypto, those sales on Binance are taxable events. Each of those has to be reported to the IRS. You report the proceeds, the cost basis, and whatever your gain and loss is for any disposal. And so that's one piece. And that's you know pretty universally accepted. And then it's sort of like, hey, they, they said it's property or whatever. But, and so the SEC... The Securities and Exchange Commission is saying crypto is like a security. Most crypto ICO projects, that's why so many of them got shuttered because they basically were securities. So our opinion is kind of like things that apply to securities, tax rules that apply to securities probably apply to crypto in the absence of any better guidance from the IRS. And that's why wash sale rules apply to securities like stocks and bonds. And that's why we think they should apply to crypto. Same with specific shares accounting like tracking your tax lots and reporting them, as opposed to using average cost, for example, which is sort of when you have identical property and probably doesn't make as much sense in the US, whereas that's what's required in Canada or the UK. And so so step one is all selling of crypto is subject to capital gains. And then the other complexity is if you're mining crypto then basically it's like you're self-employed. That's like miscellaneous income you're bringing in. And then when you go to sell that crypto, it's the capital gain or loss income. So it's two separate types of income. And then if your company is paying you in crypto, that's the same as like mining income. And then there's the debate about forks. So either a fork is income when you receive it, and then that sets the cost basis like Bitcoin Cash. You could report $266 income on the day of the fork. And then when you sell it, you either have a gain or a loss. Or what a lot of people do is just count it as zero cost basis. They didn't have any influence on it. They didn't know a fork was happening. And they bought when they bought Bitcoin years earlier. So they treat it kind of like a stock split. And when they sell the Bitcoin cash, they just recognize capital gains as if it was zero cost basis. And so our mentality is there are things that are clear, like mining income is regular income. You can offset your expenses and file that on a self-employed tax form. It's called a Schedule C, whereas selling and capital gains get reported on a Schedule D. But then 
the gray area comes from, hey, is Bitcoin cash a fork? Is that regular income and then some capital gain or is it all capital gain? And our perspective is just, just remember, there's no free lunch on things like that. Like one way or the other, you need to pay your taxes and pay your fair share. If something seems too good to be true, it probably is. So, you know, at a general rule, there's basically ordinary income on mining, getting paid in crypto, arguably airdrops, sort of depends. And then there's capital gains and losses, which is what are for most people, the situation, whoever bought crypto whenever they sold it. And forks are really interesting here because they can be kind of thought of in different ways. So, you know, say you had Bitcoin on Coinbase, for example. The only forks that they paid out were Bitcoin Cash, if I remember. I don't think they paid out any other other ones like Bitcoin Diamond and like all the other 500 million uh, Bitcoin forks have come out that you could have actually gotten with your private keys, like if you owned your private keys. So is it safe to kind of assume if you don't say you don't care about some fork and you don't uh, you don't care at all about Bitcoin Cash, even though it was free money, you just don't care and you don't you basically don't accept it. Like this is assuming you own your private keys. Am I assuming correct that you would not have to, you don't face any kind of tax liability as a result? And this is what's so interesting about specifically Bitcoin Cash because most people had it on Coinbase. They had Bitcoin on Coinbase. I'm sorry. They left it there. Coinbase was clear like, hey, we aren't supporting Bitcoin Cash. So a ton of people actually moved their Bitcoin off of that onto my Ether wallet or figured out how to use another wallet, which wasn't super easy in, in a lot of cases. And then Coinbase in December dropped in that Bitcoin yep. cash unannounced. And it caused you know a bunch of issues about were people front running it? It spiked in price. It was a crazy situation. People were buying Bitcoin cash and doing arbitraging on other exchanges. But basically, for that reason, it's hard for me to see the, the justification that you should report $266 of income per Bitcoin cash when you had your Bitcoin on Coinbase in August, you know, you didn't even receive that Bitcoin cash until December. But then when it got dropped into your account and it shot up in value that day, do you have to, you know, then report way more income? Because the price then was way above 266. So that's why we kind of think, and the IRS has principles or in accounting, in taxes, two things, conservative and consistency. So consistency here is if you're going to report Bitcoin cash fork as income, well, then you probably have to report all these other forks as income. And how many people are tracking their Bitcoin gold and their Bitcoin diamond and all that? And if you are, then that's, that's fine. And that's one thing. And, and you know, if you have a, an accountant doing this for you, sure. It's still really hard though. And you probably don't even know about all the forks. So given how hard it is to report that consistently, that's why we're kind of saying, look, treating it as a zero cost basis, that's consistent with all the other forks you've gotten. And you probably will never sell them because you don't even realize right. you've got Bitcoin gold and people aren't even going in their account. So, you know, that's kind of the argument. But again, we're still waiting for guidance from the IRS. And that's why most of our clients just treat the Bitcoin cash as zero cost basis. So whenever they sell it, let's say they sell two for $2,000. They just report proceeds $2,000, the cost base is zero and $2,000 gain. And they pay the full taxes on that. And, you know, I think they're paying their fair share in taxes. And it's, it's kind of hard to argue to pay income tax on that fork, but not all the other forks to me. It's, it just feels inconsistent. But again, that's just our best guidance, our best judgment. Yeah. It seems like you'd have to establish some, if you wanted to tax the forks, some way of, determining what a meaningful fork is exactly because you can essentially like have an you know i could fork bitcoin today 
does that mean everyone has to pay taxes on on my fork? So how do you establish a meaningful fork? Exactly. I mean, you know, if you're a developer or you're one of these really big pools that was pushing for Bitcoin Cash to be forked off, see, that's a different situation. You know, we have clients doing that. Well, you actually had control of whether this happened. And you actually were, you know, one of the voters who caused this to happen. You weren't just passively, all of a sudden you had Bitcoin Cash and you had nothing to do with that. So see, that's a different situation where you actually have more control of the scenario. And to me, that should probably be treated differently than random Joe Smith, who had half a Bitcoin in Coinbase and all of a sudden got a Bitcoin cash, a half a Bitcoin cash in December, four months after the fork. Yeah. On Coinbase, when it spiked at 3,800 or whatever it spiked at that day. I know. Oh my God. So I think we've established, you know, how complex things are in, uh, with crypto <laughs> taxes. So we'd love to hear more about the solution you guys bring. Yeah. So, you know, as I said, Alex and I linked up end of 2017 and launched this platform basically just with the idea of, hey, we want to help people get this right. Because the tools that were out there before, they were cool. They were useful. I was using them myself, but I realized you basically need to be an Excel wizard and an accountant to get it perfect and not have random missing cost basis or, you know, random, oh, why is the price of that off? And it totally makes sense because, you know, they were doing their best to build it. But like you, like we've all pointed out, this is really complicated. And what's different about us is that we have a team like me with accounting backgrounds. We have CPAs on the team who can file taxes. And we kind of come at it from, we have a whole other side of our company that are software engineers and designers. So we're working on making it as user friendly as possible. But the idea was, hey, come to our site. Pay, pay two, 20 bucks if you're Coinbase and GDAP, pay 200 bucks, upload all your data. You know, a real crypto tax expert who's done dozens of these at first and then hundred, and now we've done thousands, we'll look it over. We'll make sure you formatted everything correctly. If you have a missing cost basis, if you have a question, we're always there on intercom. We haven't really spent much on marketing. We've probably spent like 20K the whole, the whole year. We're a bootstrap startup and we just wanted to get a tool out as quickly as possible for the 2017 tax season because the price appreciation was so insane that we knew being able to yep. track tax lots was critical. And people had been doing it on their own for their trading, but they had no way to figure out the prices and everything properly. And so from there, we basically spent the last year, we helped you know a couple thousand people our first tax season. A lot of people went on extension and then we just kept adding functionality. So now we basically support every single exchange that has an API connection, like an automatic key that just pulls all your data or that you can export to CSV. We've basically tried to just take any errors that could be made out of the process. And one thing that's really cool, a lot of our, we have another package called VIP, which is basically for people that want white glove service or want really a lot of extra time or want to have calls. We, you know, it comes with 30 minute calls. We can talk about we're just scratching the surface here, but you know they disallowed casualty losses. So if you get hacked, if you get your crypto stolen, if you have an LLC for your trading, you can actually be protected on that. If you're just an individual and you get hacked, you get nothing now in 2018. There are a lot of advanced topics that we help people with or tax loss harvesting. And when you, when you think about it, one missing cost basis from whatever platform you're using, it yep. pays for itself many times over to come and pay us 200 bucks to take a look. And you know now... With the ability to file taxes for people, we we became the engine under the hood for a lot of other 
crypto tax services, crypto tax prep, did all the returns for them. And we basically built the system by reverse engineering outputs from different platforms. So our customers, our VIP customers would say, Hey, I used four different platforms. Here's all my 8949s. Can you tell me why they're all different? And we love that stuff. It's just, we nerd out on it. All right, let's build the formulas. Let's check every single day. Let's check every single coin. Let's see where the variances are and make sure that token taxes is correct in every way. And so from that, we've basically iterated, iterated, iterated to the point we feel extremely confident. And, you know, all we do is crypto taxes. We, we don't have the best tracking tool, but, you know, there are a lot of free tracking tools out there. It sounds like what you guys are doing could be, could be that as well. We just want to help people get their taxes right because at the end of the day, it's about money back in their pocket. Yep. Yeah. So that, that was the, the gist of it. And now, you know, we're trying to expand beyond crypto, teach people about responsible retirement, not really as a way to make money, but just sort of as a service to the community. And um, people can add their stock trades to their token tax account. They won't be in your gain loss report, but they'll be in your portfolio. So now you have a portfolio that will show you not just your crypto, but also your shares of Google, Tesla, S&P 500, because we always wanted to see a tool like that exist. And so now we're able to build it, which is just, just so fun. That's awesome. I remember uh, when I did my crypto taxes last year, you know, it was around this time and there weren't so too many options out there. And I wish, uh, I wish you guys were ready to go too, because I definitely will be taking a look this year, but I did all of it manually in Excel. And I think I'd like popped open a beer, put on like 24 and just did my taxes for a whole night. That's like what I did. <laughs> and there were some options out there, but I have to be honest, like I was a little nervous about just allowing a third party service to connect with my trades. Because I didn't know what they were doing with that data. Yeah. Can you talk a little about that and kind of like how you guys might be different or maybe alleviate the concerns people might have around that? Yeah, absolutely. I totally understand. You know, even for me, I was like, wait, API keys to when I started using other platforms a few years ago, I was just like, wait, is that safe? It's especially in crypto where you kind of always have your guard up a little bit. And so that's basically why we've had to build our trust in the community. And we're so grateful to some of our early clients like Ryan Selkis, Meltem, influencers on crypto, Crypto Hustle, who just found us, tried us out as, as regular customers. And they were uncertain as well. And we're so pleased with the experience. They just tweeted, you know, we didn't pay anyone to do that. They just felt like, wow, more people in the community and space should know about this. I just want to. They just yep. wanted to help us out. And so, you know, we're building that trust up where all, pretty much all of our customers have come from word of mouth referrals. But, you know, you can sign up with us totally anonymously. You can just upload your data via CSV. So there's no automatic linking and you don't have to be worried. Did I check read only, whatever? You know, our, our system is built so that we don't accept read only keys. We don't want that liability. And, you know, we're doing all the little things we can like that to protect people. We import directly from all the other platforms. So if you've already built your, your crypto portfolio there, but don't want to reinvent the wheel, that's totally fine. And, you know, we have more than a hundred automatic fixes. Like we know, oh, the price on that day of that coin on whatever other platform is always wrong. So we automatically correct it. Oh, that other platform, you know, when you upload US dollar tether trades to Bitcoin from Binance, well, a lot of times the U migrates and then it looks like you bought Bitcoin Ultra. For shadow cash. <laughs> I mean, literally, we've seen hundreds of customers with this issue. And so our system yeah. has these auto fixes. So you import it. We already know to look for that. And so we're cleansing the data. And you know, we we keep everything anonymous in our database. And 
And we're pretty vigilant about security. We, we have rules because, you know, having accountants on staff around encryption and around being able to file extensions with the IRS. And there's a lot of extra compliance that goes with that. So, you know, we've had to get smart on that. And we've had to invest a lot of time and resources in making sure that, and you know, that's more on the engineering side and they're doing a great job making people feel secure. And I can tell you, we have a lot of types who like to test the security before they sign up and, you know, poke around and it's crypto. So, you know, there's a lot of really talented engineers and developers who have really helped us sort of close all those holes and and make sure that we're, we're, we're as airtight as we can be. And we just want to be a useful service. You know, we're not selling your data. We're not trying to monetize it, Facebook, set, whatever. And, you know, people want to say, clear the, our data. That's totally fine. Whatever you need. And, and we'll tell you, hey, this needs to be saved for three years for per IRS regulations, if you're filing, whatever. And at the end of the day, we're just giving people 100% transparency around what we're doing and why we're doing the accounting treatment the way we're doing it. And just trying to be an open community member in crypto to make this more acceptable. I can't tell you how many people I've met who are like, yeah, I pretty much was just going to give up investing in crypto because the taxes were so painful. So thank you for showing me there's a better way. Like now I feel like I can invest again and I can support the projects I love. And that's one of the most rewarding parts of this whole process and journey. That's awesome. So how do you, uh, on the business model side, because I'm curious, so how do you make revenue? Yeah, so we have the three different packages, basically. Basic, which is just Coinbase and GDAX that, and, or Coinbase Pro. The idea is show people, hey, this is how much specific shares accounting can benefit. Just show people the platform, how easy it is to use. We're always there on Intercom answering your questions. Like People who actually know accounting treatment. We have clients who's who are hedge funds, who the big four are filing their returns. So we are kind of like a, a single source of truth going across the big four accounting teams and different teams, even at, at PwC, at KPMG, might not even be talking to each other, but we can say, oh yeah, we're treating for this client. You know, PwC thinks we should treat SAFs this way. And then so we're kind of cross-pollinating this information across a lot of the big accounting firms, which is great. But basically people sign up for either a $200 package or a $1,500 package with VIP. And like I said, we're totally bootstrapped. So to be perfectly honest, when Alex and I met, I'm very scrappy and a huge financial literacy and points and miles and just life hacking nut in my life in general. I got one of those Chase credit cards that you get 15 months no interest. And so I applied for that. I had a bunch of other Chase cards. So I swung over the available balance and we just started building token tax with that from the beginning. And we we built the team with people that believed in the mission, that wanted to learn about crypto, that were just hungry. And that's why we're there at all hours and and just blowing people away with our customer service. And we're, we're, we haven't raised outside funding. We're just trying to grow a profitable cash flow positive business. And now we're 10 people. So... Um, we're just pouring all the money we make back into hiring great people like Fritz, who you met, who's leading up BizDev. And so now we're working on selling to funds. We already have several funds. We're working on partnerships with... Um, there's a company called Eon that basically it's sort of free money. If you have Tezos, you should pledge it to the staking voting and you get rewards. But a lot of less sophisticated investors don't realize that. But we are a connection to those investors and can say, hey, you hold... $10,000 worth of Tezos. Why don't you delegate this company to vote for you and you'll get 10% on that. And they charge a small fee for that or other great companies in the space. 
we're kind of just, we're, we're trying to get the exchanges to see the value of, Hey, we could be the tax lot tracking engine for your customers. We yep. want to put ourselves out of business by having the exchanges do this for customers, to be honest, so we can focus on, on new things and creating new value. Like it really sucks to spend all your time doing things that actually could be resolved further up the chain. So that's sort of our vision is just like build awesome products, build cool things. Tax is an amazing puzzle for us, an amazing vehicle to get customers and earn financial trust. But, um, you know, we've been cash flow positive since our first month when we launched and on product hunt and just growing from there by making customers happy. And uh, just building a business in this space within crypto, like how has the experience been? I guess my pointed question around that is, you know, how did you decide, you know, which feature to build first when you and uh, your co-founder started uh, Token Tax? Yeah, that's a great question. I mean, so first of all, we just try to be really data-driven about it and think about it in terms of value add. So like we talked about, there are other tools out there, but they weren't working that well for a lot of reasons. But I knew they have hundreds of thousands of users for a reason. They're great for portfolio tracking. So hey, as opposed to building everything they have, why don't we just allow people to import their data directly from that and just do their taxes right for them because that's thousands of dollars back in their pocket just helping them. So we started first with just like, how can we create value for customers from day one? As opposed to like, what sounds the sexiest to venture capitalists and let's just get to our next raise and let's build in a, let's build in a vacuum for right. months and months and months. We, we were very, I'm very old school about it, about businesses. And it's just like, let's get customers right away. Let's iterate. Let's get their feedback. And so that's how we, and then, we listened to the customers and they said, Hey, I want a mock trade tool. I want to know my tax liability before I make the trade. So we built that. And so now people can say, All right, if I sell these 30 ETH, what will my tax liability be after the trade without having to actually make it? And now they're able to track their tax lots in real time. And then basically just building functionality. Hey, it'd be great if I could download to this format. Hey, are F bars required, which is, you know, if you have over $10,000 on a foreign exchange or on a foreign bank, you're supposed to file what's called an F bar with FinCEN, the Financial Crimes and Enforcement Network. And so we weren't really sure, like, does Binance do these foreign exchanges count? It's really difficult to calculate your US dollar balance every single day of the year to know what the maximum was. But then, you know, Paul Manafort got arrested and he got found guilty of not filing an F bar. And filing a false tax return because of that. So then we're like, all right, maybe better safe than sorry again. Let's invest the, in, and no, no one else makes F bars still now. And let's invest the resources building a report that tells people their exact balance on every foreign exchange and shows them how to file F bars for themselves. And you know what? We just gave it away to all of our customers last year or, you know, gave it for 50 bucks just because we wanted people to file and feel safe. Like the last thing we want is, Oh, I don't want to pay pay for that. And so I'm not going to do it. And then that comes back to bite people. So it's sort of just listening to customer demand. And, you know, the crypto space, we've met a lot of friendly companies. In so many ways, it reminds me of being an impact investing, where it's a lot less competitive than venture capital, where if we saw a really cool company doing lanterns in Africa that are solar and can be used as chargeable, and okay, we don't invest in that region, but we'll pass you on to a another impact investing fund that does because we just want to see cool businesses get made. And then at the same time, we've also had, you know, issues getting paid by some of our clients. We've had companies launch with very similar names. We have the trademark on token tax. Oh, good. We had first commerce in the space. And then there's other companies with very similar names that are like, oh yeah, we'll, 
we're planning to change our name, but we just want to get one tax season worth of revenue from consumer products. I know we, <laughs> we told you we're doing businesses. And it's like, is that really your business model? You know, they, they want to make some revenue and sell the company in a few months. And it's just, so you see, I don't know if that's inexperience or unethical behavior. So it's a little bit, but we're trying to just be a beacon of, we would love to be friendly with all of the crypto tax platforms out there. And we just want to help people file their taxes, right? And create cool products for the space. And it's less competitive. It's more like Coinbase has 20 million customers in the US. And the, you know, the most used crypto tracking or crypto tax platform has maybe a couple hundred thousand users. There's a massive delta of customers who just need to be informed about this. It's not about stealing other people's customers. You know, we're happy to help people, whatever, redo any work or anything like that. But it's more about getting people who don't even know that this is out there you know, filing and actually being secure. Because the last thing we want is them getting letters from the IRS, which has started rolling in in the past week or two. You know, we've had clients get, oh, you owe $6 million to the IRS. Oh, you And we know that they only made 200K. And it's like, okay, well, let's sort this out. And, you know, that client decided not to file or whatever it is. And now they're coming to us like, all right, I should have filed. I should have sent it in. So, you know, we just want to help people get ahead of this because... There's plenty of room to be good actors in the space. If you made a lot of money investing in crypto, pay your fair share and and you know move on to to fight another day. Like taxes suck for everyone, but they build our society. And I'm very pro everyone doing their part for things and and just being good actors in the space. So, yep. Uh, the F bar product you were describing sounds really interesting from a business perspective too, because that's like a really high value product for a very probably risk averse customer. So it's very likely that that type of customer is going to buy that thing anyway. Yeah, absolutely. And it's it's something that's almost impossible to do on your own because let's say you have Binance and you have seven different crypto there. Well, they all have different prices on every day. So it's so difficult to know, all right, I got to look up the price on every day of every crypto because what you have to report to to FinCEN is the max balance. So, you know, it did take our engineers a while to build, but now we have a tool that just tells you, hey, your max balance in 2017 was this. Your max balance in 2018 was this. And just making it so easy for people. But yeah, that's exactly right. We just want to make super high value tools, start at the top of the list. And that's like, hey, an easy gain loss report where you don't have to be good at computers to handle it. You just step-by-step instructions about download CSV, Click import, upload all your files, and bam, your tax gain loss report is done. Import it into TurboTax or have token tax file for you or give it to your accountant. You know, whatever you want to do, just trying to make it as easy as possible. Yep. That's what we're doing. Were there any features that didn't receive as much interest as you expected? You kind of said, okay, we're not going to continue with this stuff. Maybe it's a little different because you're very focused within taxes. So maybe it didn't affect you as much, but just curious uh, if there are any. Um, like features you want to build that you decided, no, we're not going to? Hmm. Yeah, I mean, yeah, our product roadmap is is littered with ideas that we'll eventually get to. I think one of them is the portfolio tracking, where you know our idea is like, well, people were coming onto token tax every day to look at their, you know, their account, even though things weren't really changing. We're trying to keep customers engaged and make it interesting for them. So we added portfolio tracking. And you know, it was it's kind of like, look, there are a lot of free portfolio trackers out there. Maybe that's not what we should be focusing our resources on. So we didn't really build that out as much as we had originally planned. And 
you know, we still plan to. We want to we want to be a place where you can track your stocks and your crypto. And so, you know, in that vein, what we did instead is a lot of people, you know, CPAs are charging a ton of money for tax loss harvesting um, guidance. Like, yep. let's have a meeting. And really, what they're doing is taking your closing balance reports or your existing portfolio and sorting it, doing some Excel formulas and saying, here you go. But so what did we decide? We were doing the same thing. We decided, you know what, let's build an automated tool that does this for all of our customers so that we don't have to charge so much because it's actually using our CPA's time or my time. Let's make a tax loss harvesting dashboard. And so that's why the last week in December, which you wouldn't expect for a tax company, actually was our best week ever. Oh, wow. Because people just got word of, oh my God, wait, I lost money in crypto, which a lot of... Or even if you didn't lose money overall, if you had any crypto positions that you had bought at prices higher than you know, at the end of December, which is basically everyone, you can sell that and harvest some losses. Yep. And it was just about teaching people. And then we built a tool that basically says, we look at all your tax lot level, and we say, all right, instead of you have 80 Ethereum that you hold combined at an unrealized loss of 10,000, we bifurcate that into, oh, you have 10 Ethereum at a loss of 40,000 and 70 Ethereum that you actually hold at a gain of 30,000, whatever. So now instead of selling everything and not being sure and trying to like fight a fly with a shotgun, now we show people how to use a scalpel and just sell the positions they hold at a loss and actually track that in real time. And in the industry, it's like we see videos from other platforms that's, that are built by software engineers. Again, no, no tax people. And they're like, oh yeah, well, using FIFO and then do your tax loss harvesting. And it's like, well, actually you need to track your tax lots to do that. Right. So you can't really use FIFO and do that. So it's kind of fascinating to be to be out there just giving that advice to people and being being unique in the space as you know tax foundation and software engineer foundation great domiciles of responsibility um, but i think that's what's really differentiated us with especially with people who sign up with multiple platforms and have kind of given us that feedback yep and as far as the future goes to your last point are you seeing interest on the security token side? I mean, one cool thing about your guys' name is like it's open enough that you can handle cryptos and also things other than cryptos. So like, um, you know, people chat a lot about uh, security tokens, for example, or we have like atomic swaps coming down the line with Bitcoin where you can swap your Bitcoin for Litecoin and things like that. Are those areas of interest for you as well? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, we're totally open-minded in this space and just interesting projects we would love to team up with with founders and startups doing those things and you know if there's a need in the space we have our team of engineers we have a whole team of 10 sharp hungry people who are willing to learn new things too and and really write the rules in different space like right now this staking economy like we talked about with tezos and the taxation on that is also really interesting. So as a platform, we have the ability to just roll out new features, roll out new functionality really quickly. We're really adaptive. Our CPAs or our, our hedge funds will say, hey, we need to report to investors every month our NAV, our net asset value, or we're doing redemptions every week. And we make custom outputs, custom reports, and we're extremely interested in the potential of security tokens as well. I think who knows which cryptocurrencies or which blockchain startups will exist in five or 10 years. But we think the space in general will be thriving then. And we're, we're long-term all in and just, we want to be connected with the brightest and, and um, 
most visionary people and just help them support them as they need and be the tools and the, the blue jeans they wear while they try to mine for gold and try to create amazing value for people in the space. Awesome. And I guess to just kind of wrap up here, what are you guys looking for right now? How can our audience help? Oh, well, we're just looking for people to come try us who need to file their crypto taxes. And even if you, you already used another platform, whatever, if you want a second opinion, you want to compare, it couldn't hurt. Right? I mean, 200 bucks, it depends on the scale. And we just want people to know that we're the only crypto tax platform out there with real CPAs, real crypto tax experts who have done hundreds and thousands of crypto tax reconciliations. And we're there to answer your questions. We're there to be useful. We just want customers to know about us. And thank you so much for having me on the podcast. Yeah. And your your website is uh, tokentax.us? Yeah. Tokentax.us or tokentax.co. Okay. Tokentax.co because we support UK, Canada, Australia, other... So we kind of rebranded for our international. But but yeah, tokentax.us. And, and yeah, we're, we're here to help you figure out what your tax liability is and help you learn how to track your tax lots, learn how to harvest tax lots, learn how to minimize it in all the legal ways that you can and just understand the rules around this because trust me, it pays for itself many times over to just understand how this works. If you're going to be an investor in crypto, it's worth coming and talking to us just to understand how this works. And our biggest metric is like, hey, did we help people save more money than they paid us? And we're probably running like 98 or 99% there. And the only people it's not, we haven't, are the ones who sold all of their crypto. So it wouldn't have mattered anyway. They just had to, and we still, you know, help them file and created a ton of value. So we try to make an amazing product at an affordable price and we love feedback and we love improving it. So come check us out, please. Hey everyone, this is Vikram again. Thanks for listening to us. If you are an exchange, a trader, or working on a crypto project, get in touch with us. You can reach us on Twitter at Quantlayer, that's Q-U-A-N-T-L-A-Y-E-R, or email me at Vikram at Quantlayer.com. That's V-I-K-R-A-M, like Monero, at Quantlayer.com. I will write back. And if you like our podcast so far, please hit subscribe and rate and review us, because that would help us a lot. Thanks. Thanks.